the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Live from Northern California, it's Lifeline with Jesse Gastan. He's the host of Way of Grace, a pastor and a community leader. He's a teacher and an inspiration. He's Lifeline's own Jesse Gastan. And I'm very glad to be with you on this Monday edition of Lifeline as well. You heard our uh, caller, our um, speaker say that you are listening to Jesse Gistan. Coming in from a really wonderful weekend. I hope you had a great weekend as well. Uh, And have just walked into the office a few minutes ago with um, some extremely good weather for today. A little chilly this morning when I went out. There was frost on people's roofs. I was wondering what was going on about that. But uh, over a couple hours, next thing you know, we are doing really well. The weather is uh, fantastic. Sun is out. And um, the sky is the limit for you and I today, if you want to chat with me, I really don't have <clears throat> a whole lot on my plate. Be glad to hear from you if you want to uh, develop something, work through something, massage something, un- unpack something. We can do that. Uh, over the next couple of hours, I'll share with you a few things that I'm kind of just ruminating over. But, uh, yeah, if you really think there's a topic, a uh, political, social, um, spiritual issue that uh, you want to uh, pose, you can give me a call. One triple eight three six seven five three two nine one triple eight three six seven five three two nine, and we can begin to stir the pot and create something uh, wonderful by the grace of God. Should He be allowed to help us for this next two hours, take advantage of, execute, and demonstrate the uh, civility of dialogue and conversation, no matter how heated it can be as long as we are respectful and engaging in making sure that we are trying to edify people by our particular topics. That's what free speech is all about. And then when you have the power of radio to be able to uh, engage many people around uh, topics, it's a wonderful, wonderful thing. One triple eight, therefore, three, six, seven, five, three, two, nine, one triple eight. Three six seven five three two nine is the number you can begin to get on the list with me and uh, four, five, six, seven other people. Uh, if you want to uh, have some conversation with yours truly, Jesse Gistan, pastor of Grace Bible Church in Hayward now for some 23 years coming this April. And uh, time has flown, and I am very thankful to be the pastor of that wonderful, eclectic fellowship of men and women of all ages and all ethnic groups and uh, different character traits, different uh, idiosyncratic expressions that makes uh, life wonderful. We all get to bring something to the table, if you know what I mean, and uh, a bouquet, um, a potpourri, um, a diversity of uh of uh, of mutual love for Christ and the Word of God. And by the way, I think you heard uh, maybe uh, for a few weeks that we engaged in a wonderful time of uh, walking to win at Valley, Valley Bible Church in Hercules. The uh, senior pastor there, uh, Dr. Phil Howard, Philip Howard, um, residing and uh, vital and present and strong and and uh, just gifted, um, both with uh, rich, sage insights uh, from his own experience as a believer now for many, many, many years, maybe over 50 years by now, probably longer, if I am um, adding it up, maybe 60 years, pastoring that church for over 40 years, a wonderful uh, feat in itself where, you know, churches today, are not always hanging on for 30, 40, 50 years. We have churches come and we have churches go. We have professing believers come and we have professing believers go. And today, particularly in California, it's more going than coming. A lot of people spend a few years 
if you will, uh, tasting of the word of God in the world to come, as Hebrews chapter six puts it. Uh, but never, ever plunging deeply into Christ enough to anchor and to grow and to see the beauty of the unique distinction uh, between the world that is and the world to come because of who Christ is. And so, you know, after a couple of years of uh, of uh, learning the form and uh, framework and uh, expressions of Christianity, they move on to something else or do your typical stuff that a lot of people do, church hop. Church hop and church hop and church hop until until you know what even that gets boring after a while, and they stop church hopping. One of the fastest growing activities uh, in the evangelical world right now is uh, church streaming. <laughs> church streaming, like like we stream virtually everything else that goes on uh, in our world, which is a a wonderful convenience. You'll meet one in three professing Christians in California uh, who will tell you they don't have a particular church home and they're not really looking for one. And uh, and that's because they can church stream. They can go online and, yep, lots of people watch us every week and uh, and engage and uh, even support, uh, but don't have a church home. Uh, and I, I think that's a problem, but it's also a symptom. It's not just necessarily a problem. It's a symptom of a lot of things going on in our culture where we are more committed to convenience than we are communion. We're more commi- committed to convenience. Would you say that? Wouldn't you say that uh, if you really talk to the average individual these days, I'm doing a lot of probing a lot of uh, critical thinking around personality and around behavior and pathology and around uh, idiosyncrasies of, of individuals and groups and things like that, because it just becomes fascinating to pick up on trends, not only in cultures, but among people. And wouldn't you say uh, the average person you meet today spends a whole lot more time developing their worldview from the internet, uh, from websites, than they do in the context of interaction institutions, going from point A to point B uh, to 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 physically and uh, uh, personally and and circumstantially uh, develop experiences, gain knowledge, uh, acquire uh, understanding of the the different things that that constitute our life. A lot of people getting all that. Yep, on their phones or on their computers. That's the world that Bill Gates gave us now for some good 40, almost 40 years now. And uh, that's where people are. And and, and church is not, for many communities, church is not not a big deal. Um, It's just not a big deal. So I'm going to pose that question to you. And I want to hear from you. If you don't mind calling, I mean, that might be too much. I, I, you know, I thought about saying, you know what, you guys need to stick a camera in here and let's go ahead on and uh, just do some office stuff well, like a lot of websites do. The guys that are really gifted at communicating also have a camera in there. Rush Limbaugh started that a good seven, eight, ten years ago, and it's been kind of just booming ever since. All, all kind of shows are online now where you can talk to um the host uh, via uh, live streaming, and uh, it's become very popular. Uh, the, gr- the show would grow that way as well because we love the look-see, uh, hear concept. We like to look, we like to see, we like to hear, but don't necessarily like, necessarily like to be there. And so I'm asking the question to you. On a scale of 1 to 10, you being, a, uh, let's say, a baby boomer to a— uh, Gen Xer to a millennial to a generation one, two, and three, or A, B, and C, as they're calling it today. Um, how important is your physical presence in the local body of Christ? Where you can be there. There's, there are occasions to the rule, obviously. Uh, we do ministry to prisons. We do ministry to people in convalescent. We do ministry to people all over and in various situations that are outside of their control when it comes to being mobile and able to go uh, to different places. But if all things being equal, you having the freedom to be uh, in the community of the saints on a physical level, on a practical level, on a uh, per capita level, 
Uh, how important is it for you to be part of the local expression of the body of Christ? How essential is it to your uh, edification, to your service, to your mission, to your worship, to your understanding, to your your development, to your, watch this now, to your productivity as a believer out there in the world? How important is actual, tangible, concrete, physical presence per capita fellowship with the body of Christ is to you. One triple eight three six seven five three two nine. One triple eight three six seven five three two nine. I'm going to let that be kind of a a tab set uh, uh, concept for us to think through. How important for you? You know, you're the one listening, and you know you are super mature, and you are profoundly spiritual, and you are. Uh, you are substantially anchored in Christ and you are vitally committed to God's word and you are uh, you, you're probably one of the more mature believers out there. Uh, given all that, the question is, on a scale of one to ten, how important is the actual physical engagement with the body of Christ at the level of being present per capita? Uh, yourself with them to see them face to face and to engage them on, on a personal physical level. How important is that to your edification, to your calling, to your development, to your um, uh, productivity as a believer, to your obedience to Jesus Christ? How important is it to you on a scale of one to uh, ten? And if you are uh, operating honestly, as we're trying to be at Grace, the theme for us this year is integrity. So if you are a person of integrity, I'd love to hear the truth. Don't don't tell me that you're an eight in your um, in your value system of the personal fellowship of the saints. When in fact, practically speaking, or emotionally speaking, and psychologically speaking, uh, you might be a four or a three. Because some people can uh, execute the perfunctory practice of going and not really being engaged. But I'm asking you because this is kind of part of where we're going to be going today and and some of my conversation around integrity uh, and and the blessings that ultimately come with what it means when, uh, when, when the Hebrew writer says, forsake not the assembling of yourselves together, Hebrews 10 around verse 26 and following, uh, as the manner of some, and especially uh, as you see the day approaching, as, as the day of Christ becomes more and more vivid and obvious, and as the day of your death becomes more and more vivid and obvious, um, how important is tangible, physical uh, presence and communion with the saints in the context? of worship, not just on Sunday, but in the other gatherings with which the people of God identify as the body of Christ uniquely set apart and set away from the normative secular activities of our life, which are important as well. But the huddling together around the word of God, prayer, fellowship, engaging one another in the challenges and trials of life. How important is that on a scale of one to 10 for you, given that you feel like you are a pretty good believer? You got all your ducks in a row. How really important is that to you? That you make sure that you carve out time for God and God's purposes and God's plan and God's people and God's church once a week or twice a week or once a month or twice a month or three times a month. And if you're not fellowshipping like that with a community that is coming together purposely and, 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 uh, and with goals of uh, edification and, and uh, pressing into Christ, why not? Why not? And I know I'm a pastor speaking to you on a pastoral level. That's my job to get the sheep into the body, into the fold, in a way by which we can huddle and we can we can learn. We can hear from the chief shepherd through his word by the under shepherds who carefully expounds scripture and by the presence of the uh, spirit of Christ, who, who, who makes the reality of the things of God vivid and uh, impactful in our life. I get that. I, I, I see, I see my job and that's what I, I seek to do, strive to do, make sure that we don't play down any of the blessings of God because the Bible warns us about them. But I'm asking you the question. I got one line open. I got to take a break. One, I'm asking you the question, as, as the believer that you are, the mature, strong, solid, 
richly rooted in Christ, ready to tell somebody how to live, ready to tell somebody what to do for Jesus, ready to engage them in all of the essential doctrines by which they can uh, mature and thrive. How, how important is worship to you? And and when you call, when you call and, and respond, I'm going to ask you not only how important it is, I'm going to ask you why. Because we want to take this program today and just begin to 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 work through what I know is a fundamental uh, starting point for sliding away from God that people do all the time. They start with minimizing real, tangible, physical, personal communion with God through the people of God. They begin to play down the importance of being around the saints. Now, the problem is not really always with the saints. Sometimes it's with us. But do you really know how painfully destructive that kind of isolation and separation and distancing is for your soul? If you do, talk to me. one 367 is the number to reach me on this Monday edition of Lifeline. Taking a break right now. When I come back, we'll take your phone call, and we'll just go deep today around a number of critically important issues. After all, we have that freedom, we have that right, and we have that power right now to encourage one another, to spur one another on to good works and love by the grace of God. You're listening to the Monday edition of Lifeline. I will be right back. And now back to Lifeline. And we're back at the time, 525 on the Monday edition of Lifeline. I hope you guys are adjusted from having to reset your clocks. Um, but by the way, yeah, um, last Friday and Saturday, talking about fellowship, talking about uh, blessing to men, uh, as you guys had heard, Walk to Win was an absolutely fabulous time. As I said, uh, Pastor Phil was in form, uh, rare form, uh, encouraging, edifying, giving us deep and probing thoughts about what kind of man God uses to uh, build and edify and restore in the body of Christ. It was just a rich Rich, rich experience, and of course, yours truly was given a measure of mercy to encourage the men. We had a full house, 350-plus men came out. Uh, just a great time. I think there will be CDs available. Let's see if we can get some of the messages on the air. I really enjoyed being with the men both Friday and Saturday. Uh, if uh, VBC is on the air, if you guys are listening, I'd love to uh, hear any of you call in and uh, tell us how the event went for you because I didn't get a chance to meet everybody, but I did get a meet chance to meet a lot of people. And here's what I want to say before I go to the phone lines. Uh, and take your calls, questions, and particularly the uh, the question that we are posing. Uh, our gathering together, my men told me this on su- on Sunday when we met. They were so encouraged, so jazzed to be able to sit with men and uh, t- and target critically important biblical manhood issues, richly centered in the gospel and the glory of God in Christ and the revelation of Christ in Nehemiah and the impactful. Uh, uh, Proverbs that we dealt with on Saturday because we were dealing with one of the fundamental challenges that we all have, and that is uh, how not to objectify the opposite sex. And so I was able to go deeply into Proverbs 7 and unpack the gospel there. And from what I heard, a lot of men were blessed with learning how to uh, see our sisters and not savor them, to look upon them and not lust at them. And I gave them tools by which that could be achieved without them succumbing to the synthetic uh, relationship called Internet and porn. Uh, I, I was so glad that they were open to admonition, open to exhortation, open to instruction, because that's what the proverb says. You rebuke a wise man and he will increase in learning. And there were a lot of men that were just simply greatly impacted. And and guess what? All because they got up and physically came and dwelt with other men on Friday as they were invited by the spirit of God and the collective efforts of EBC. And they showed up on Friday and God showed up and they showed up on Saturday from 830. Our first class was nine o'clock all the way up to about five o'clock classes all day. And then we finished out with an uh, Q&A that led into a proclamation and exhortation around how to successfully be able to uh, view 
and enjoy what God made in the opposite sex without collapsing into the idolatrous practice of pornography. And it was great. So if you're struggling in that area, you might want to call VBC, Valley Bible Church in Hercules, and, and get the CD. Uh, or whatever way they they made it and uh, and enjoy the process. All right, let me see here. So I'm going to start with line number one and deal with Zavanio and and San Rafael. Line number one, Zavanio, if you, are you there? It's Xavier on it, and yes, I am. Now I just towed that up. Now you know while you were getting ready, <laughs> hold on, hold on. while you were getting ready, I'm going, I'm going one, two, three, four, five. That's five syllables, uh, Xaviano. Yes, because I, I, I don't think um, the guy heard me say my name, so it, it's so, it's okay. No, he got it right. I just was rushing. Oh, okay. No, it's Xaviano, right? Xaviana. Oh, okay. Put that A up there. O R masculine. A is feminine. Now he ought to know that. Yes. He ought to know that. I do. <laughs> I definitely I definitely know that, Xaviana. Uh bless you. What's your what's your question, comment, or thoughts today? Well, my question was about something else, but I don't feel I don't feel like I want to talk about that anymore. I'm really interested in um saying what number I am at with my dedication to God and my um my commitment to going to church. Okay. I'm, I'm interested in hearing that. First of all, I want to ask you, have you ever called before? No. Okay. Well, congratulations. Thank you. What move? So have you listened to the program before? Yes, I do. My dad um, got me started. And so I try to listen after work and before work when I'm driving. And um, for some reason, something told me to call. I heard you say the number. I'm like, let me see if I can get on. And it happened. So thank you for taking my call. Absolutely. And then, and thank your dad for uh, uh, guiding you to the program. Do you benefit from the program or is it just helping you get home? How long is your travel time? (laughs) (laughs) It's only about 10 minutes. Okay. That's not bad. That's not bad. Yeah. But it does help because when I used to get up in the morning, I would turn the radio on and listen to music. Uh And now I don't even have an ear for that. Wow. So, um, it has helped, even though it's a short amount of time from home to work. Sure, sure. Now that you are, you know what's happening is is, is we start taking on an appetite for, for mental cultivation. And when we take on an mm-hmm. appetite for mental cultivation, it's easy to listen to dialogue or conversations or topics that really do cultivate. I, I get that. I love music, though. I'm a, don't Absolutely. get me wrong. I love me some music. All right. Yeah, so, no, me too. <laughs> all right. So tell me what what how do you feel about it? What how do you how do you relate the two? Because you you framed it this way. You said, yeah, you know, my the the measure of my devotion to God and um and and how I view uh, the practical presence in, in fellowship and worship at church. Those are those are two different things, but they're tied together. So how do you how do you reconcile that? Well. Okay, so you did. You mentioned I'm a millennial. I'm 27, okay. and um, I believe that my dedication to the Lord, my spiritual relationship with Him, is at an eight. Great. But my dedication to the church is about at a three. Okay, I like I, great. And, yeah. <laughs> so help me with that because I think that when it comes to the different uh, different categories that I named. I started with baby boomers only because that's where I'm at, but I definitely know uh, the millennials yeah. and Gen Xs and uh, one, twos, and threes as well. So what makes that disparity such for you, Xaviana? Hmm. Um, well, I, I've i always felt like I all the churches that I've been to, um, I never felt spiritually connected, and I was always going because I was taking a family member. It wasn't... Um, it wasn't by my own choice. Got it. Or I was invited to go somewhere. And so it's, that's been really difficult for me to make a huge commitment and have a church home. Mm-hmm. Um, there is one that I'm going to right now, and I take my grandmother there, and mainly it was to take her there. But I also feel deep down inside me that I am getting something from it, but sometimes I don't always feel spiritually connected to church, but I'm still going because I've made a commitment to her. That's great. Um and and how do you feel about that? Is that something that is out of kilter that needs to actually be adjusted, or are you simply fine with that? 
no, I'm not okay with that because I, I'm, I've been a little lost and I'm trying to work on my relationship with God and strengthening that by reading my Bible daily, mm-hmm. but there's still something lacking. Right. And I thought, and I, I don't really know how to fix that. Mm-hmm. How long has this particular scenario been for you that you have been supporting, uh, taking grandma and others, family members, uh, knowing that you're doing a good service and doing that, uh, and yet um, it just hasn't been working on a deep communal level for you? How long has this been going on? Um, so I started taking her about two years ago, mm-hmm. and I stopped for about a year, mm-hmm. and I restarted. So it's only been about maybe two months that we um, that I started taking her again. Right. Um, yeah. Would do you would you say that um, that your your lack of connection there uh, extends to a lack of relationship with other sisters in Christ? Period that you don't have any community of women with whom you have the uh, the, the the opportunity to be vulnerable, to be uh, to be confessional, to be uh, encouraging, to be lifted up, to be part of that reciprocal dynamic that God really does call us to, by which we can cultivate, go deep, and grow. Do you have that? You, you're hitting it right on the head. Uh, I do not have that. Mm-hmm. No. Okay. So have you ever been to, Have do you know that we, do you know who I am? By the way, let me just start there. Do you know who I am? Uh-oh. You don't? I, no, I've Can you say, tell me your name? Okay, okay. I am Jesse Gistan, pastor of Grace Bible Church in Hayward, California. Okay. Nice to meet you. Have you ever heard of us or me or our ministry? I know I've heard it on the radio before. Got it. So now what I'm going to do, and where do you live, uh, Xaviana? I live in San Rafael. It's north of San Francisco. I know where I know where San Rafael oh, is. Okay. <laughs> do my stepping ground too. I I got people out there, girl. I got people out oh, there okay. that can connect with you right now. Um, That's amazing. Uh, well, yeah, and and what I would love for you to do because we have a ministry at our church called Daughters of Grace. And it's specifically designed to begin to cultivate that deep relational dynamic that women need. Um, and, and it's, a, it's cause across spectrum. We have uh, a sisters from teenagers all the way up to almost centennials, all kind of ethnic groups as well. And they gather together bi-monthly every couple months uh, uh, under our roof in Hayward. And they, they powwow around critical, uh, theologically rich and uh, uh, women oriented issues to um, to begin to cultivate growth on uh, you know on a personal walk with God but then a sisterhood and this has been going on for three or four years now and I would love to see you come out to one and connect they come from all different places so it's not like just our ladies at grace because I'm a I'm a radio pastor, so a lot of people from different churches know who I am, and and I love to uh, I love to facilitate that kind of vacuum. So if there was a way that you could remember Grace Bible Church of Hayward and either either call the office and get the information on our Daughters of Grace, or you could just if you remember Grace Bible Church of Hayward, because I got a brother with a Grace Bible Church in Pleasant Hill, then I got a brother with a uh, spiritual brother with a Grace Bible Church in Redwood City. So Grace Bible Church is a fairly common name. We are in Hayward. I'd love for you to experience uh, uh, a, a, a lot of sisters uh, in your age bracket with your desire and passion, uh, you know, just join in hand, heart and ear uh, around critically important issues. It would be great. It's called the Daughters of Grace. Uh, if you would be if you would be open to that kind of connection to, to fill that gap between your personal walk with God and your and your and your social calling to a, a healthy fellowship. Yes, absolutely. I do appreciate it. Um that is something that's been lacking in my life for a long time. Okay, great. So I, I will definitely attend. Great. And uh our next one will be coming up and uh, I'd like to say um, they'll probably text me in a moment getting saying I'm, you're getting it wrong, Pastor. It's going to be probably in April, <laughs> so in about four or five weeks. Great topics we deal okay. with. So how would you connect with us? Would you be able to do that once we get off the phone? Would you be able to remember Grace Bible Church of Hayward? Or do you want to talk? Yes, I've already, no, I've already written it down, so I okay. guess I would just call the church or go on your website and yep. see uh, if there's a schedule and then just Yep, you can go. Yeah, definitely. You can go that way, too. And if you have a little bit of time, 
Um, try to find your way through to Daughters of Grace. Uh, my, our website is cool, but in a lot of ways, it's, it's not as intuitive as I would want it to be. But if you can make your way to the I Daughters see. of Grace on it, you listen, look okay. at, yeah, listen to one of the ladies as they present and think about it. Some really great topics. And if you do come out, generally I'm there uh, as just one of several men that kind of pilot technical stuff. If you do come out, Xaviana, please make sure you see me. Okay, I'd love to. I'd love to meet you yeah me too thank you so much for your time and your your help all right thank you bless you all right i got to take a break when i come back allison chuck and nelson in redwood city uh one line open one triple eight three six seven five three two nine that was a great call one line open one triple eight three six seven five three two nine our topic happens to be at the moment uh, you are richly mature, as you call it, deeply and profoundly committed to Jesus, love your Bible, love the Lord, all that good stuff, but you don't have much time for church. I want to know how you reconcile that. At least Xaviana, bless her heart, recognized that that was a problem. I'm going to take a break. When I come back, we'll continue on the Monday edition of Lifeline. I'll be right back. And now back to Lifeline. All right, we're back to the time. Four, four, five, forty-three. We'll get that clock fixed at some point down here. Let me. Oh, both of them are wrong. I'm about to pull my cell phone out. <laughs> All right, let me go to line number two and talk with Allison in Palo Alto. Allison, are you there on the Monday edition of Lifeline with us? I am. Great. What's your question, comment, or observation, young lady? Um, it's more. Well, thank you for the young lady. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a. I'm a baby boomer okay okay so you're you're are you're you're in my window you're you're you do you do you have an affection for the 60s and the 70s and 80s i have a very strong affection <laughs> particularly yeah all right then allison all right then holla at your boy tell me tell me what your thoughts today are how you want to uh contribute to our question yeah, you were talking about the physical um, space and the you know, kind of the need to be a, a physical church. Mm-hmm. Um, and my my kind of experience, of, particularly over the past year, has been really about the virtual experience mm-hmm. and the the fellowship and the testimonies that can be part of you know a Jesus loving community that actually is virtual. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we I have met with them face to face as well, but once every you know four or five months kind of thing. Right. But the virtual connection is really strong and and really powerful. Mm-hmm. Um, so I didn't want to. It 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 feeds me. You know, it feeds me. So I wanted to just say how important it is to have any kind of connection to you know a Jesus loving community. Um, and how important it is, even if it is just virtual. I agree. I agree. I don't want to take that away. I'm absolutely enthralled personally with different um, technologically advanced uh, mediums by which we can all communicate. For instance, radio. I, I really thank uh, thank God for the opportunity to be kind of a voice for many different topics on the radio. Do you listen frequently or are you a new listener? I'm a relatively new listener, but I do listen frequently from, you know, 7 o'clock in the morning till the yeah. nighttime. Right. So I right. catch a lot of different shows um, on the station that I listen to you on. So now, now, then, if you're in my window, here's what I know. I know that... Um, that we have benefited, you and I have benefited from radio for years if you've been a Christian for a while, right? Yeah. Okay, yeah. so so that I mean that's just hands down. I I remember in my youth and God saved me early on how that as I was kind of uh meandering about because I really didn't find a good community to fellowship with and I, I'm it's sad to say it's not easy to do. It's just it wasn't easy then and it's not easy now. Uh what really did keep me was listening to Christian radio at night after arduously working all day and toiling. I could just cut my radio on as I'm headed home and then the next thing I know I'm hearing really good back in the day, this is like a thousand years ago, back in the day you could hear really good sermons at night. And that really did help me uh, maintain my focus until I was placed in a community of believers that made why I am raising the topic so important. And that is uh, a virtual world is better than no world at all. I totally agree with you on that. And yet, until you are engaging the body of Christ, a local body where you are, where that's possible, 
you you can't actually have that three dimensional fellowship uh, that you that you need to really prosper for God's glory on a uh, on a missional and a productive level. I think there's a one sidedness to the virtual world where we can talk and we can engage and you can chat and do all that. But it's it's not the same. Now, how much how much concrete, personal, uh, physical church life have you had in your life as a believer? Uh, as a believer, not much. I've actually I'm actually new to Christ. Okay, I'm a okay. year old. Okay, okay. Year old in the spirit. Got it. Um, you know, I, I I surfed around for many years. I was Catholic for a time. Mm-hmm, and, you know, mm-hmm. I, so I surfed around for a long time. But but you know, received the Holy Ghost a year ago. Yeah. and my life is. Definitely changed. Right. What's um, it? And I, and go, I, go on. I'm no, listening. I, I was just going to say, and I and I hear what you're saying about the physical presence. I mean, I I do think that that is the best. Um, and I also know, like you also said, how finding that spiritual home is really challenging. Yep. And when you find something that can edify you through this, you know, world, like your radio show did, and like my virtual community does, um, you know, I grab. It's good to grab onto that until until you can find that home where, where you can actually be there. And we are actually, my husband and I are actually planning on moving to be with the community because yeah, the physical, when we're there, it's amazing. Now, like now, said, where, now where is so this, now where is that particular community at? North Carolina. Okay. NC, NC's not bad. Not at all. Um, and so, see, you're moving in the right trajectory. Uh, I'm just going to be a little bit pastoral towards you, Allison, you and your husband, just because you guys are free sheep. And my goal is to keep you <laughs> within the safe parameters. I'm going to affirm you on the blessing of technology that is leading you in the right direction. Because if that community in, in NC is all that it's um, uh, cut out to be and designed to be, you're going to be blessed. You're, you guys are definitely going to be blessed. And congratulations, my dear sister, for coming into the faith uh, and, and the newness of it, the novelty of it, as you have. It sounds like you actually um, have some really good discernment and some great qualities, even uh, in, in this seasonal uh, period in your life. And I'm, I'm happy for you and your husband. Well, thank you very much, and thank you for taking the call. And by the way, when you get to NC, you can still listen to me. That's true. That is very true. And I don't plan on stopping. So I, no, so, no worries about that. So if it happens, if you get over in that end, yeah, please check in with me because I'm like one of these universal pastors. I like I, I know people like all over the world, literally. And uh, I would definitely like to know that, that you guys planned it and it worked out well, okay? Okay. All right. Bless you. All right. I got to take a break. Chuck, you hold on. Nelson, you hold on. Blaine, you hold on. One line open. One triple eight three six seven five three two nine. One triple eight three six seven five three two nine. Allison got it right. She knows it's important, but yeah, you can start. You can get you a good running start by radio. And by the media that God has allowed us to be able to start fellowship and even before we see each other face to face in in a lot of ways, that's exactly how it is when he saves us. We have not yet seen him face to face, but we do fellowship with him and one day we shall. Bless you, girl. I'll be right back. And now back to Lifeline. All right, we're back. The time is 5.53 on the Monday edition of Lifeline. Let me quickly go to Chuck in San Francisco on line three. Chuck, are you there? Hi. Hi, how are you, Chuck? Oh, I'm blessed. Great. What's your question, comment, or observation, sir? Well, I, I, I think that it's, uh, as far as going a local, you know, being involved in a local congregation, I believe it's crucial. It, it's like... If it, if it, from one to ten, I'd say it's a ten. You know, uh, it's just my belief. I'm a, also a boomer. I'm 61 years old. Yes, sir. Ball, but we're in the same ballpark. Yeah. Now, now, how long have you been a believer? Oh, uh, let's see. Um, it's uh, 30 years. Okay, excellent, excellent. So, how in your affirming the critical and essential nature of the physical presence and fellowship of the saints from a baby boomer's uh, perspective, I, I actually would expect that um, uh, with Allison, our previous caller, bless her heart. She's in our window, but she um, is a new believer here recently. And, and therefore, what is unique to her is the ability not to have to go through any of the kind of casualties that occur, Chuck. And I think you would agree with this, where you are looking for a church home, but every church is not the church 
uh, designed for you. Your personality are the things you need. And I really want to put it that way. It's a combination of both because churches are limited in their scope of service and application due to a ton of things. And not everybody fits in everybody's church. That's just a fact of the uh, human element around a local church. Um, But she and her husband are are well on their way. Tell me something, uh, Chuck, about your experience with church after 30 years in Christ that brought you to that crucial point. Were there ups and downs, ebbs and flows? Were there moments where you had a a critical view of the fellowship uh, or, or, or maybe an epiphany of how important it is? What is it that brings you to that assessment? Yes, there definitely have been. You know, I've been disappointed at times, but I was blessed. I think I've been blessed because the the first church that I uh, plugged into after coming to faith was uh, a, a small, had a very small congregation. Yeah. But and uh, they almost the one thing that was they almost were on the they bordered on legalistic. Of course. Sort of, but that but got around that sort of and and. Uh, that was just the, that pastor. But what I liked about it, what, what the way the reason I say I was blessed is that it was like a family. Sure. You know, uh, sure. Everybody. It was uh, if one person. It was blessed by in a way by being small because if you weren't there, everyone knew it, and you could expect people would show up at your door. They would call you. You know, um, and the same with my uh, both my first two churches. The other were both like that. And um, if you were like. Me and my wife, uh, no, she, I don't. We're not together anymore. Mm-hmm. But um, and that's another story. But we, uh, we weren't doing too well at one time. And when this, my second, the second church that I attended, and um, you know there was groceries on our doorsteps and stuff left by church members and things like that. Right. You know, and it, it, so I was really blessed that way with and with having a couple of really strong churches to begin with. Absolutely. Now, here in this city. Uh, I can't say it's been, I, I, I love my church, don't get me wrong, but it's just not, there isn't that same kind of, uh, doesn't seem like there's the same level of concern for each individual, kind of. Right. But, you know, and I, I'm hoping that I can, and then, so I need to try to just do as good as I can as far on that. Bingo. With, as far as that Bingo. You know? Bingo. Yeah. Now, now, um, and I'm going to just, I'm going to, uh, I'm going to, um, I'm going to capitalize on that final point that you made there because you're, I'm guessing you're probably in a larger church than the two churches that you talked about before. Right. Right. And so here's the thing about that, which I don't personally mind. I, I, I've been part of extremely small churches uh, mm-hmm. in my life, and I've been part of moderately large churches. We started off as a small church in Hayward uh, in San Leandro with 35 people, and we have become a moderately large church. Um, and I'm thankful for the small church experience because I'm a small church minded pastor, even though we have have larger numbers and everybody is going to have a different feel for the church, depending on how well they know that lo- local church. And what I mean by that is there will be people who will live on the periphery of any local church all their life and assume. And I think you'll agree with me that they know that church. But it's impossible to know a church when you only live on the periphery of a church, when you only go on Sunday for a couple hours, when you don't press into the church to get to know people uh, uh, intimately and to get to know the inner workings of the church in terms of its dynamics, its ministries, its broad scope of outreach, etc. When you're always only playing on the periphery of a local church, you cannot know the real characteristics of that local church. We're simply projecting. So when you say I need to make the commitment to kind of press into this church to really see what they're doing, um, bingo. And I commend you for that, Chuck. If you were to make your way in and get to know people and be part of uh, smaller communities in that church and maybe some of their uh, particular and specific outreach uh, events, you 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 probably will come to discover something different that within that fairly larger church, there are bodies of men and women who do have intimate relationship and who are struggling together and serving together and doing ministry together that creates that small intimate fellowship dynamic uh, in spite of it being uh, in general, a, a, a moderately large church. Would you agree with that possibility? Oh yeah. Yes. Yeah. There you go. And, um, are you okay, my brother? Are you, are you, uh, you know, we kind of segued a little bit into 
um, you know, your 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 marriage situation. Are you are you okay? Oh yes, I am. That's, okay. that's been quite a while ago now. Okay. And, okay. Uh, Good. So yes, I am. Good. Now uh, I'm gonna ask you one. Yeah, no, nah, man. I, you know, I'm a pastor. Then I'm a brother too. So that's just how it is yeah. for me. Um, uh, have you Have you listened to the program before? Oh uh, yes, I have. I, I've called once before too. Okay. All right. So how we How we doing? Am I? Am I? Am uh, I? Oh, I, I love the program. I love the program. All right. I love your 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 topics are always uh, timely. I think. Yeah. You know? Yep. And, Good. Good. Yes. Thank you for being. Thank you for calling and chiming in on what I think is a very good, very good and very important topic, Chuck. And call anytime, yeah. bro. Thank you. I right, bless you. You too. Let me go to line number uh, four and talk with Nelson in Redwood City. Nelson, are you there? Yep, I'm in the lobby of the dental school, ready to meet the reaper. Uh, oh, 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 you're in the um, lobby of what school? A dental school. Oh, oh, um, I'm, oh. Getting my, I'm, I'm getting my teeth done. But, um, hold on, hold on, Nelson. Hold on. I yeah. I cannot pass this up. So what are we doing? Just put my crown fell off. Okay, okay. Are you in pain? Yeah. No, no, not at all. Okay. Probably you just need glue to put it back on. <laughs> Probably so. Um, you know, last time I called you, I I, I told you that um, how some churches mix politics and everything. And the next day, very next day, downtown Redwood City, this guy was. What he was called preaching, but he had a um, Alex Jones shirt on, uh-huh. and he had a book by Bill O'Reilly in his hand. Honest to God, and, and, and I said, "Why you got that?" Like, you know, he said, "Because um, I'm trying to kill two birds with one stone." Uh-huh. I mean, yeah, people got the king, the two kingdoms all mixed up. I really so, agree um, with I, that. I I agree yeah. with that. However, what does that have to do with my question? No, no, I just wanted to tell you that because we were talking about that, and then the next day I saw that. Now, he, it, 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 this, this didn't happen to be a Caucasian man of our age, was he? Yeah, he probably was a little bit younger. No, no, he was about the same. No, he probably was in his 40s. Okay, because uh, I know quite a few cats out there that are on the crusades for political issues as if it's the gospel. And if if you don't get the right president, if you don't get the right man, if you don't get these folks out of office, you know, all hell's going to break loose. And that's like you said, that's not getting the job done by any stretch of the imagination. All right. Before they get in there and start putting glue in your in your crown, uh, do you want to contribute to our our question or did you have something else you want to talk about? No, I'll talk about that real quick. Um, but I, my problem was I couldn't find a church that's right for me. I, I do not like praise and worship teams. Uh-huh. I, I think what Sinclair Ferguson said at the 500th anniversary of the Reformation, the Legionnaire Conference, is totally right. I, it was something like um, um, that type of uh, worship service is vicarious performance versus congregational. And, and it's so true because people aren't singing Half the people, more than half the people, don't sing when the worship team, they sing over, they're singing over people, they're telling people to do this, they're telling the people to do that. I, I go to Grace Baptist in Fremont now. Now, you, and, know, um, you know I know I, my boy, you know I know him, so. Yeah, I yeah know. he's been preaching faithfully, like you have, mm-hmm. for 30-something years. Yep. And, um, we go all the um, way back. And I, I love the hymns. I'm not... You know, I went to Orthodox Presbyterian Church that only sung hymns. Right. But I mean, no, no, the Salter. Salter. Yeah, Salter. Right, right, right. I did but, both. I mean, you know, the, you know, that's my community. I did them all. Right, right. And you know what? But, um, you know what? Though I, I, I'm glad you said that's that's that it's not for you because what I am not going to do is sit here and say that we don't have a that we don't have a biblical basis for praise and worship. I do agree with Sinclair Ferguson, uh, enjoy him thoroughly, and he is from our you know deep, rich, and profound uh, uh, reformed community. And therefore, like in our church, you know, people frequently come in, and you know, we got a good sized church, and people you know see that I'm an African American pastor, and they assume that we're going to have a praise and worship team. And they come in and they got to sing. Right. Right. Because we we still do the hymns and we do special songs, but we do largely the hymns with a contemporary component. So we do have an ensemble of musicians and sometimes singers. But for us, we are committed to the congregation being the praise and worship team, because that's the way the paradigm of the book of Revelation puts it, that the congregation should be engaged in worship. And I will say this on your behalf relative to that statement, although that's not the sum total for 
the church, but you don't have that problem with Michael uh, because of his, you know, his, his excellent teaching. Um, uh, the, the people who are uh, trapped by praise and worship, they, 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 they actually defraud the congregation of the need to be committed to the memorization of hymns and praises, hymns and spiritual songs and, uh, and even Psalter. I love some of the Psalter stuff, although where we are today uh, with the eclectic uh, multi-ethnic and then uh, unfortunately uneducated uh, Gen Xers and, and some millennials, uh, the, the bridge from their lack of historic knowledge of the Christian church to Psalms and hymns and, and things of that nature, is is a bridge that's almost impassable for many of them. And that's why a lot of our churches are suffering grossly from a kind of lopsided entertainment uh, element of worship. Uh, and then they have to kind of match that with a really syrupy and simple and kind of dry or, or, or what I would call just entertainment message because the message has to be compatible to the music. And unfortunately, that becomes the calamity in many churches. It's not always that way, but unfortunately, it's that way a lot and it's a problem in many churches but we do have a lot of churches that do a well balance between uh, contemporary songs and uh, and hymns they're coming along but I fully agree with you on what you're saying Nelson all right okay let me go up the stairs and meet the reaper (laughs) (laughs) I'm gonna pray for you boy all right I gotta take a break Uh, Blaine and Sharon you hold on uh, I've got two lines open, one triple eight three six seven five three two nine. Two lines open, one triple eight three six seven five three two nine. Pray for pray pray for my brother Nelson that the doctor is not mad or something, or he don't use the wrong stuff and uh, <laughs> glue the wrong tooth. It, it, it could be a bunch of things. Lord, help him, keep him, keep him. We're gonna take a break. We'll be right back. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. 